Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. Uh, good, good morning, everyone. How are you guys doing? Well, you, you, you're doing better than me, then, if you're doing good. Man. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> well, instead of wasting time, telling you a couple of jokes or whatnot. I'm just going to uh, read, read a verse to you. This verse, I don't know if they got it. You guys got that verse up there? Where is it? Up here or here or here? That's the verse I gave you? You make me stay up to 12 o'clock at night, man, midnight, to, to send you an outline, and then you put whatever the heck you want up there, man. What kind of stuff is this? Well, anyway, Ezekiel chapter 22, <laughs> verse 27 through, through 30. Don't pay no mind to that. that I, I didn't put that up there, man. Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 27 through 30. You know what? Just 30, verse 30, because they already messed my mind up with that verse, man. <laughs> I got ready to say, I didn't say that. It says, I tried to find a man who would help me to save the land. Then I would not have to destroy it, but I could not find a man to help me, so I will burn the people up with my great anger. I will punish them because of the wrong things that they have done, says the Lord God. We're just going to take verse 30. Don't worry about all that judgment and whatnot. Don't get scared, you know. We're not going to burn nobody up this morning, you know. Uh, but it says, I tried to find a man who would help me to save the land. And I, I want to speak to you this morning a little bit about the how God is looking for a man. You know, God doesn't look for a lot of people. Sometimes we think we look for a lot of people, you know. If I'm going to do something, I want a big team, you know, a big group of people to do something. God looks always looks for one man. It's, it's funny because God doesn't look, when he looks out here, even though there's a lot of us, he only looks for one of you. He only puts his eye on one of you, you know. And that's because God has the ability to take one person to do what it takes a lot of people to do. You know, one person. If you look at the Bible, God never looked. When he, when he wanted Moses to set the people free, he didn't look for a thousand men. He didn't look for 10,000 warriors. He looked for one man. And the man that he found wasn't even that good. Right? Guy couldn't talk. Right? He, was, he, was stu he stuttered. 
And as if you, if somebody got up here to speak, if I got up here to speak and I started, I, 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 you guys would be discouraged right away. You say, what the heck, man? Chris, how come you brought this guy? He can't even talk, man. Right? One time I went to speak to the Coca-Cola Corporation and they had me speak to all their executives. So it was when PowerPoint was really you know, it was new and everybody was using PowerPoint. So I had my PowerPoint little thing, man, with my computer up there. And they, it flick up the, 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 the screens, right? But I wasn't looking back because I didn't look back. I had it written down here. And my computer was down there. So I would click and I thought it was up on there you know so I, I didn't never look back and I, I could see everybody's face in amazement so I said man why are they why do they have that look on their face right so I never knew man that you know how PowerPoint if you messed up on it it just had a big red X right if nothing came up it was a red X so all my screens were red X's. And I would go on, man, like I knew what I was talking about and everything. So at the end, the head guy, the guy that invited me, that was paying me $10,000 to come and give that conference, he told me, what the heck, Joe? And I said, you didn't like what I had to say? He said, no, bro, what you had to say was good. How come you put all red X's up there and nothing on the screen? I said, yo, aren't you guys executives? Shouldn't you guys be able to figure this out? To brainstorm? You guys run one of the biggest corporations in the world and you can't figure out what that X means? So I put it back on them, you know, so I didn't want, I didn't want them to blame me, right? I got my $10,000, walked out the door and I said, shoot. For showing X's, that was the easiest $10,000 I made in my life, right? So God looks for one man, looks for one person. And when God decided that he was going to make a family, he looked for a man. So if you're a man today, if you're a woman, relax. It's not on you today. It's on the men, man. We're going to bash the men today. <laughs> so if you're a man, God is looking for one man. They don't look for very many people, you know. When he looked, when he thought about this church, he didn't look for 10 men to run it. Look for one man. The one he found wasn't the best. You know? And if you think I'm lying, ask his wife. She will tell you the truth. You know, right? I'm not going to say nothing about you, Maxie. The Bible says here in Ezekiel 22, 30, it says he was looking for one man, a good man. And you know, when we look, when we think of a good man, we think of our definition of good. I, my definition of good. What is my definition of good? But my definition of good is a little bit warped. Because my definition of good is what the world says is good. 
And the world says, as long as you look good on the outside, you're good. So the, the world says that as long as, 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 as you play the part, as long as you, you act like a good husband, as long as you act like a good father, as long as you fulfill your commitments as a good father and a good husband, you're okay. But the Bible says it's not what's on the outside that counts, it's what's on the inside that counts. The Bible says I'm looking for a man not according to the world i'm looking for a man according to my standards and the by and, and when you think of the bible standards god is not looking for a perfect man because he knows there is no perfect guys i'm sorry man i know some of you you know you're gonna go home and cry now because you're not perfect but but you know i want everybody to feel the pain like i feel it You're not perfect. You're only a man after God's own heart. Look at the men in the Bible. Moses was a killer. Moses could get mad and kill somebody. He did kill somebody. David could take somebody else's wife. Can you imagine, man? I don't want David around me at all, man. David came around me. I said, Ada, get behind me, man. This guy will, will take you and kill me. And I could go on through all the men in the Bible and, and say something about each one. But the same David that killed a man, that took a man's wife, that same David later on, God, not the pastor, not the brothers in church, not the, not the leaders in Israel, but God said, David is a man after my own heart. So this is a man that's, that's just right after my heart. And then he backed David up the rest of his life. Can you imagine, man? If you've ever been through a period in your life where you've had a bad spill, if you don't know what a bad spill is, you know that you fall flat on your face. That's a pretty bad spill. Then you know that when you get up from there, you never get up the same way you were before. You get up differently. When I came to Mallorquin's church in, 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 in La Roca, San Diego, I remember, man, that I was at the lowest point I had ever been in my life, man. I mean, just destroyed. And one day I told, my king told me, I want you to be one of the pastors. And I said, bro, do you know the condition of my life? Because I thought, you know, you're crazy. And he said, I know how you come. I know the path that, you, that led you here. He said, and God brought you here. Who am I to stand in your way? So I took the prayer meeting in the morning at 5 o'clock every morning. I would walk from my house to the church, open up, and have prayer with people. And my king told me, 11 years, man, I've only had about 12 people coming to prayer. He said, you came here all destroyed, all messed up, and you got 400 people coming to prayer. 
So I told them, it's not my fault. I think they're following me. I think they're all falling too, man. But after a year and a half, we sat on the platform because I used to sit on the platform and then give a little teaching every day after the prayer. And he told me, I want to ask you, how do you feel? And I said, God spoke to me this morning and told me, I will never be the man that I was before. He'll, he's going to pick me up. He's going he's to restore me. But I will never be the same man again. I will be a different man. And this time, it will be according to God's heart. So God is looking for, for a man. In every family, God is looking for a man. God's looking for a man to be the husband. He's looking for the man to be the father. He's looking for a man to be a Christian and do the work of God on this earth. He's not just looking for you to come to church. God, God's not in heaven today saying, ooh, they all came to church. Hallelujah, man. <laughs> that's what we, that's us, pastors. We say, we're so glad people came to church this morning. They're going to give tithe and we're going to have money this week so we can, you know, pay the bills, man. We, I, I want to see the church full. God, not so much. God wants to see men, good men, rise up to do the work that God wants them to do. That's what, that's what God wants. So, since I know that they have no clue what I gave them. <laughs> they put good men, thank God, man. Thank you, Jesus. You have to be a good man, you know, before you can be the man God wants you to be. Because he looks for good men. We don't realize that. We, be, we, want, we want to be the man that God wants us to be and then become good. No, God wants good men. And you know what a good man is? Number one, a good man is somebody that recognizes Jesus Christ as their Savior. Somebody that stands up and says, listen, man, I've lived this way for a long time. I've walked this, down this road, but now I recognize that I can't live without God in my life. It is impossible for me to be the man that God wants me to be if I am not saved, if I, if I don't love God, if I'm not passionate for God. I can't be this man if God is not in my life. That's number one. Number two is you have to be, God wants you to be strong. Women need strong men next to them. Not muscle men, not bodybuilders. <laughs> Me and Chris are not bodybuilders. We're builders without a body. <laughs> I got to include you in there, man. I'm not going to take the heat all by myself. Hey, Max. Max is, 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 is a small man without the big body, man. Anyway, he's looking for a strong, strong. You know, women want strong men. Women want to look to a man and the man says, don't worry. I got a saying all the time. I tell my wife, relax, man. 
Don't worry. What are you worried about? She comes to bed. She tells me, did you close all the doors? I look at her. I say, relax. I'm here to protect you. If not, I got 911 on speed dial. The sheriff lives across the street. He'll jump out there with his, with his rifle and come running over here, you know. And I always tell him, I say, I'm not going to call 911. I'm going to call you if there's trouble over here. And he say, I'm coming, man. He's strong, man. Your children need a strong man. Church needs strong men. Church needs men that when the pastor says, I need five men, five, ten jump up, fifteen jump up, twenty show up. Church needs strong men. Your children need, need a strong father. In your business, strong men. In your job, strong men. Men that will be so responsible that they will get there half an hour before work time. I got a friend of mine, you guys met him, the, the black guy that, from AutoZone that was in, the, in my celebration. I invited him to speak one time at church. He charges $37,500 for one hour, right? You know, that's what he's got to get because he's on contract with AutoZone. Now he gets 75000 an hour because he's on a higher level, you know. Now he's the executive vice president of AutoZone. And, and, and when he goes to speak for other corporations, he gets $250,000 an hour, man. right? So I told him, shoot, man, I'm a poor guy next to you, man, you know. But I, I invited him to speak, and some smart guy in the congregation told him, hey, man, how did you get to make so much money? And he said, it's simple, man. I looked to my left and I looked to my right and I said, I'm getting here before they get here and I'm leaving after they leave. He said, that's how simple it is. I make sure everybody knows I'm working harder and later because that's what they're looking for. They're not looking for somebody to do the work right. They're looking for somebody that will do it until it's right. And God is not looking for somebody that knows how to speak, that knows how to sing. He's not looking for somebody that knows all the Bible verses. He's looking for somebody that will do it until he gets it right. He will continue to be a father, make mistakes, make all kinds of of blunders, but he will stand up and say, I am a man. I'm a good man. I'm a man after God's heart. I'm going to do it until I get it right. God's looking for a good man that will provide for his family. You know, Latino man, or the Latino culture, we'd rather starve and have a Louis Vuitton bag. <laughs> we'd rather have a Ferragamo belt and Ferragamo shoes, but be broke and hungry. But it comes from that sense of never having anything. Every time somebody tells me, take me someplace, I want to buy something good. I take them to the most expensive store and cut them loose. And they come out, they say, I'm depressed. I said, why? I said, everything is so expensive in there. I said, well, man, 
you told me to take you to an expensive store. One time I was with Maria and, and a couple of other ladies from Santo Domingo, and they said, take me to a, I want to buy something, a nice purse. And I took them to, we were in Las Vegas, and I took them to this place. And they sat them down. They said, you guys want champagne? You guys want, and they said, wow, this is a great store. And then they brought a little purse out like this because the lady that was with us, she was looking for a, a, a purse to go with a nightgown, a, a, a gown, an evening dress. And they brought a little purse like this. And she said, oh, this is so beautiful, so tiny, so dainty. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sitting there, you know, drinking orange juice, man, and looking good. And all of a sudden, the girl says, I'll take this one, man. And they took it to the cash register, $48,000. She said, I don't want a whole box of these. I just want one. She said, yeah, it's $48,000. It's on sale, too. It's 15% off because you're with that guy, and that guy brings people in here all the time. Right? And she told me, are you crazy? I can't afford $48,000. Then shut up and go to Walmart and buy you a little plastic purse and go on home, man. But we, 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 we do that. We, we'd rather have a nice pickup truck. We'd rather have a nice car. We'd rather have nice things instead of saying, I am going to provide for my family. God's looking for a good man, a man after God's own heart, a man that will say, I will work hard. I will, I will dedicate myself to provide my family with everything they need so they can survive and they can live a better life. I remember we used to go buy clothes. This is a long time ago, man. We used to go buy clothes. My kids were small. And my wife would say, what can I buy? I said, buy the kids' clothes, man. And then she said, okay, I got the kids' clothes. I said, now buy stuff for you. And she said, how about you? I said, man, I'm a survivor. Just give me some jeans and some Converse and a sweatshirt. I'm ready to go to Wall Street and work. And she would say, that's all you're going to buy? I said, if there's something left over, I'll buy something, man. You know. Throw some fruit of the looms in there, man. <laughs> with, with extra grapes. <laughs> but, but the whole idea is that we, that, that we provide. Women want men with wisdom. Want men to make good decisions. You know, Sometimes women are so much wiser than men. <laughs> She's over there, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm glad Ada's not here, man. They want men with, to make wise decisions. Now, women could be intense, don't get me wrong. When, they, when it's decorating the house, when it's vacation time, they go crazy. They want you to, they don't want you to rebottle the house. They want you to burn it down and build it again. <laughs> they, want, they want smart men, wise men. 
Sometimes I'll be talking to people and Ada just keeps quiet. And then we get in the car on the plane and she said, you're so smart, Joe. And I tell her, don't patronize me, man. In Spanish, I say, no me des atole con el dedo, you know. You know how people dip their finger in and that's when they're patronizing you, man. I said, she said, no, that was wise what you told that guy. She said, I just listened to you because sometimes you come up with some good stuff. And then she said, and sometimes you're just plain dumb. And I said, I don't know if she's, you know, she's trying to say something nice or what. You know, so, so sometimes I see her, I look over at her, and I'd rather stay quiet instead of open up my mouth too much, you know. Good men are good leaders. And you know, a friend of mine, David Hawking, wrote a book years ago, maybe 35 years ago. And the book says this in the, in the, in the inside page. It says, be a leader people follow. Then it says, if you want to know if you're a leader, just turn around and see if anybody's following you. If they're following you, you're a leader, even if it's only one. If no one is following you, you just went for a good walk. You know? If we have to, who, who are the people that can follow us the closest? Our wives and our children. Our wives and our children. So good men are good leaders. They're not perfect leaders. They're just good leaders. Chris is not a perfect leader. He's a good leader. He's not the ideal leader. He's just a leader. Because we get this in our mind that in order for us to be good leaders or a good pastor or a good preacher, we have to convince everybody. I don't have to convince all of you. I am what God says I am. I'm a, I'm a good leader because God says I'm a good man because God says I'm a good preacher because God says that God is pleased with me. If you're pleased with me, that's up to you. They're good leaders in their lives and they're good leaders to their families. Sometimes everybody in the family is looking to one man to make the decision. I remember when I made the decision to move to Mexico as a missionary and leave my church, everybody started to cry. And I said, I know they're crying, but some of them are glad that I'm leaving. You know, I, I'm saying, I'm, I'm looking at this. I'm, it's, a, it's an emotional moment. We're all crying and touched. And wonder, but I'm saying, I know some of these people are saying, thank you, Jesus. He's finally leaving. I can't wait for next week for the new pastor to be here. All these people are... Uh, I'm leaving. My family, my son was playing baseball. He's going to go to college to play baseball on a, on, a, on a scholarship. And he came in one day and he told me, Dad, I'm leaving with you. I'm not going to college. And I said, bro, 
I need you to go to college. I need you to make a baseball team so you can support me. I can't work all my life. And he said, I'm not going to college. I'm going to Mexico with you. And he went to Mexico with me for 20 years. We, left, we crossed the border and me and my wife put on a piece of paper. How long before we visit this again? My wife said, we won't talk about leaving Mexico for 10 years. I said, okay. 10 years came up. We said, what now? My wife said, another 10 years. I said, okay. That's what I had in my heart too. We stayed 20 years of our lives. It might not be much to you, but you get up and leave the United States and go to another country for 20 years. See, see how much it is to you then. Right? So we, we, the first year we lost our cars, we lost our house, we lost everything because I didn't have no money to pay for anything. I remember bringing my cars across the border and turning the keys over to the guy from the bank. Cried all the way back to Guadalajara in the bus. And God told me, I can give you all the cars you need, man. What are you crying over a car? It's just four rubber tires with metal, painted real nice. Right? So I, I, I've, I've, I was over with. Cars was no longer an issue. But you make... You're a leader in your, in, your, in your family's lives. You're a leader in, in your life. You make the right decisions to go on to the next level and the next step. Eli couldn't officiate in the temple. Or he, he did officiate in the temple, but he couldn't deal with his children. David was the king of Israel. But he couldn't deal with his children. That's why you see people in great positions, they got all these great problems. Because it doesn't matter how high you are, doesn't matter how educated you are, doesn't matter how sophisticated you are, doesn't matter what neighborhood you live in. Listen, my mom made a lot of money, man. That's why Ada says that I'm from, you know, a bougie family, man, you know, right? My wife said, you're bougie, man. I tell her, get out of here. She says, yes, you are. I turned out to be a heroin addict, man. My mom had money. We lived in a good part of Brooklyn, man. We lived in a part of Brooklyn that no Puerto Ricans lived in. But my mom was blonde, blue-eyed, white, you know. My mom was blonde, beautiful, and she had money, man. So when she went to buy a house, she told the guy, how much for this house? And the guy said, is $19,000. And then my, my mom says, okay. And he says, what is your name? She said, Contreras. And the guy said, you, you're Spanish? She said, yes. Okay, it's $42,000 then the house. And my mom says, it could be $80,000. I'm going to pay you anyway. She wrote a check for $42,000 and bought the house cash. You know, this is back in 1951. And the guy said, is this check good? She said, you'll find out when you take it to the bank. <laughs> I don't have to confirm if it's good. The bank has to confirm if it's good. So on your way, 
Good men win souls. Good men that are sitting in church bring other men to, because they want another man to have what he has. Good men stand up and say, you need what I got in my heart. You need what changed my life. You need what transformed. You need what radically turned my life upside down. You need that in your life. Good men learn to love. They become lovers. Not lovers like TV. Not lovers because they're telling a woman. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a lover like that, man. My wife always wanted me to be real romantic. I said, what's all the, what's all the, it's overrated. Romanticism is overrated, man. My wife, I came home one time, she put rose petals all over the house, man. Put on Andrea Bocelli, man. I was gone for about 35 days. And I told my wife, man, I'm going to comer, you know. Give me some food, man. And she put Andrea Bocelli there, and a little while later, I was on the couch. <sighs> My wife said, I planned this romantic evening. But I said, don't plan no romantic evening. Just plan a caveman evening. And she said, I got you, buddy. Next time, no food, no rose petals, no nothing, man. I'm just going to swing from one side of the room on a rope, man, and attack you. I said, that's good, man. That's what I'm waiting for, man. Uh, talk to me now, Jane. <laughs> good men learn to love God, and they learn to love their families, and they learn to love church. You see a man that tells you he loves church, he loves his family, and he loves God, that's a good man. Now listen, this is simple, man. This is not complicated. I'm done with, man. I don't know if they got other notes because <laughs> where they got them from, but you got the video ready? Huh? Yoo-hoo. <laughs> Say something to me, please. Before I break out here in song, man. You got it? But don't put it on yet, man. I, I want to know if they got it. All right, man. Just listen to this video for a minute. This is Chris in this video.
Salut papa. Joyeux Noël. The commercial, man. The... I saw that commercial on an airplane coming from Finland, from Helsinki, Finland, and I cried for about two hours. It's a simple, there's nothing to that, but it tells you this good men make an impact on everybody that they come across. You need to be a good man. You need to be a good woman. Somebody needs to stand up and say, because my father, because my mother said this, did this, that's why I'm where I'm at today. Man. It has to go from one generation to the next. I'm sorry you had to see that guy in underwear dancing, but it's okay. Don't worry. Just think of Chris and that's it, man. <laughs> Let me pray for you, man. This is, this is so you could go home and think about it. Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus that you would cause us to understand that you're not looking for a bunch of people. You're not looking for a big crowd. You're looking for one good man. You're looking for one good woman. You're looking for somebody to fill the gap, stand in the gap, and do what nobody else will do, Lord. So I pray in the name of Jesus that you will touch our lives, touch our hearts, cause us to understand that we're only good after we come to you. We, all, we only have worth and value. Once we come to you, we have you in our hearts. We become valuable individuals. We become valuable assets to the kingdom of God. We become men and women that can make a difference in our lives, in our family, and in the generations to come. We thank you and we praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.